Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul, and I've washed my hands so much they're starting to hurt. Yep, I feel that. Uh, I'm Kevin, and I've only got one code, and that is code one. <laughs> well, that's good. That's better than, um, you know, COVID-19. Yeah, dude, fuck this thing. Yeah, no kidding. It's a bummer. Right? Super bummer. And that we can bust right into it. COVID-19, uh, we've got nothing to do but hobby progress, so what have you been up to? Man, I've, uh, I've, been, I've been slacking a little bit. Well, not slacking, slacking. Um, I, I, I invested in a uh, Vallejo Surface Primer. Mm. As you know, I've become a Vallejo hipster. Yeah. I believe that's actually what you called me. It is. Um, <laughs> ever since I started working on the Chain of Command stuff, and I realized I could just go and and pick out the German colors for what I needed and discovered how exactly how much I prefer the Vallejo paints. But I got a, a Vallejo surface primer and I've been using the crap out of that lately of getting all kinds of stuff primed because uh, I'm, I'm too lazy to bust out the airbrush and don't want a rattle can. So I've just been brushing it on. It's just been going straight on with a brush, yeah. and it's been absolutely fantastic. Yep, it's good to brush on. Also, funny note for any of my other... East Bay, California folks. It's funny hearing you say Vallejo properly, knowing goddamn well I say Vallejo because of the city of Vallejo, and I just can't not say it that way. <laughs> Having grown up in the East Bay is just a funny observation I made. Anyway, yeah, you're a Vallejo hipster. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I've been, now... I've been I've been doing that. I love the primer. It goes on nice and nice and thin, but full coverage. And the other thing I realized about it, it is really, really close to the Gracier primer. So I'm really excited to see how it takes contrast. Oh, it takes contrast really well. I should actually post some pictures. I did tests with my Vallejo Gray uh, surface primer. And it's, um, it's, I mean, if you only use it, right, the key is, the key with priming for contrast is you want to be consistent across all your minis so right. if, if you do like a thing where you have a three-step process where you do a dark gray and then a light gray zenithal and then a wash and a dry brush you just want to make sure you do that with all your minis before you put contrast on them if you're going right. to use wraith bone always wraith bone whatever gray sear exactly. always gray sear the uh and the the gray surface primer is a very very good contrast primer very good and, and here's the thing, is that uh, with the discount from my local game store, I paid $13.95 for a 200 milliliter bottle. Oh, it should have lasted forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've used nothing. Nothing so far. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say about using it as a, a, a primer, it, which is what you're doing, right? but for contrast paints. Yeah. I would buy a dropper bottle. And I would thin it with some airbrush medium and put mm -hmm. uh, some stainless or, you know, or glass beads in it and do it with your airbrush if you're intending on putting it on with contrast paints. Because contrast paints require a very smooth coat and a brush on coat, while very good, isn't nearly as good for surface abrasions as an airbrush coat. So I can totally see that. You I can totally see that as a thing. Definitely want to airbrush it if you're going to use uh, contrast paints, but that's just my pro tip of the day. No, I would I would definitely agree with you on that because just just from looking at it, having used the Gracier primer and and looking at this, there's definitely a lot more uh, texture 
to this going on. That gray sear primer is smooth as butter, man. It looks so good coming out of a rattle can. So, oh, I know, I know, it's amazing. But, yeah, uh, it's 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 pricey. No, and this no, stuff yeah, no for shit. fourteen bucks a bottle, man. I'm 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 again, on board. Again, I'm I'm hundred percent with you. Just make sure like I again I'd be using an airbrush, I'd be between eighteen and twenty two PSI, because that's gonna really uh atomize the paint. I don't know the fucking word for that. Um but it'll get the paint yeah. particles real small, real smooth, and then you'll still get that good contrast application. That is the way I tested it and it worked out really well. Awesome. That's yeah, a- so that's that's a lot of what I've been doing. And then I finished my Maglev depot of my uh, Tinker Turf touring. Ooh, Tinker Turf. We haven't talked about your Tinker Turf experience much on the show. How are you? Oh, I guess we did a little bit with the modeling. How are you still liking it? Oh, I I love this stuff. Um, this is my because before I had only put together the four containers that came in that mm-hmm. kit, mm-hmm. and I really liked the way those went together. Uh, this was obviously a much bigger project than the four containers yep um but it was it was a blast putting it together um awesome and, and, and i had a good time with it too yeah it's it's a lot of fun and it's it's rewarding because you put it together and it's done yes right and like you're not you're not painting it or anything like that so it's it's pretty exciting and I'm, now you need the rails and train because the uh-huh. the uh the the containers fit on the train car and the rails are perfect. They're like just, just so good for blocking a full sight line. And then if you get elevations, you can make the elevations go over the top. So you can make like bridges that go over the, uh, the train tracks, the magnet well, train went- tracks. If, I, if I'm ever able to leave the house, I have a order of the elevations at the store waiting for me. Cool. But I can't go. Cool. Well, I mean, um, you, you'll get there. Um, Eventually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for me, Hobby Progress, uh, I painted a unit of Bolton Blackguard so far since the quarantine thing started. Um, so that's what I did, man, a week, uh, a week of work from home and like needing to get some distance from, you know, working at my gaming table, um, mm-hmm. has, you know, left me with some time at the painting bench that I've utilized. So I got that whole unit of blackguards painted. I'm sure I can send you a picture of that so you can put it on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, but that's really it for me playing a lot of board games with my wife. We played a ton of, uh, seven wonders duel. Um, we played a little bit of Viticulture and then a lot more Seven Wonders Duel, just mostly that, a lot of that. Um, but that's pretty much been me. We did, uh, we, we've been uh, spending our dinner times and, and free time uh, catching up on The Simpsons. But like when I say catching up on The Simpsons, I mean introducing my kid to the old episodes of The Simpsons. Nice. Which has been a blast. Yeah. Nice. Uh, actually, related to that, we started watching Disenchantment, which I didn't love at first, and I still wouldn't say that I love it. I wouldn't say that at all, but getting into the tail end of the first season and sneaking into the second season, it is a more fun show to watch than the first few episodes were. Mm-hmm. If you like, you know, Matt Groening and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I got through, we watched the first season. I thought it ended pretty well. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's not Futurama or early Simpsons. No, no. But the second um, season's much but better. But it's still good. Okay. Yeah. Oh, also, we blasted through Altered Carbon Season 2, which started, meh, ended very strong. Um, we did, uh, we did, we are now caught up on Westworld, which 
I didn't love the season first season. It dragged a bit. Um, second one was okay. Uh, pretty cool ending. Uh, very intrigued with the first episode of season three. Yeah, first episode of season three is so good. If you haven't watched it, look. I saw the numbers were down for this show. I get it. I watched all the way through season two, week after week, right along with you listeners, and I was meh on it. The mm-hmm. first episode of season three is dope. A, it's got... Especially a, a if you watch after the credits. Especially if you're from the East Bay like me, and your boy Marshawn Lynch has the best cameo ever in a TV show. <laughs> so good. Anyway... Uh, yeah, that Marshawn Lynch cameo is amazing. Uh, and then (laughs) all the other really great, and and the like total, like, well, almost cyberpunk, you know, like neo-futurism cyberpunk vibe it had going off and the way that it was telling the multiple stories to the episode had me very intrigued. Yep. Yep. And, and the introduction of, uh, what's his name? Caleb. Yeah. Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. And and, And his little, uh, crime app. Yeah, the like, crime like, app is amazing. We shouldn't spoil too much of the show, but yeah, very, uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Although it was super funny because the way my wife watches TV is she likes to like play cell phone games, like mobile games, while we watch TV. Um, uh-huh. And she was like, I cannot separate Aaron Paul's voice from BoJack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Todd yeah, so episode. like she would just hear Todd constantly. She's like, oh, it's just Todd. <laughs> it's just gruff Todd. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that and that part that like that role that he plays is so much more serious i than know Todd. i know it's really funny oh anyway. gosh and that, like like now it's going to be like a challenge to not envision him as like <laughs> you know on the giggle ship <laughs> <laughs> all right all oh right. all right so we're way off the rails but oh, that's yeah. what quarantine does to yeah, us this is going to be an off the rail show um, so the, we're not, we don't have a main topic today, listeners. Sorry. Uh, we're just going to talk about what we've been doing in quarantine, what you can do, what we've seen, uh, and just some cool things to look forward to. Maybe some new releases you haven't been looking at, things to keep you occupied. Also, maybe most importantly, some shit to buy to keep the stores you like and the companies you like afloat during this really weird, global, globally strange time. Yep. Very strange and very global. Yep. Um, so mm-hmm. I'll tell you... My story first. So Madison, Wisconsin right now, um, Dane County, specifically the county I live in, uh, reacted very quickly to this thing. Uh, I work for the University of Wisconsin, as some of you very well know. And uh, this is the start of my second full-time work from home. And even before... Oh, also, we should note this is Monday, March 23rd, 2020, that we're recording. Yes. Um, and this is the start of my second full week in you can't come to comp- campus lockdown. And we were already heading that way the Wednesday before. Um, so we were right at the front of this thing in terms of people needing to stay home from work, at least where I, where I am, my employer. Um, I can say that also starting about Monday last week was when all of our restaurants went takeout only. Uh, all of our bars clo- closed, which is if you're from Wisconsin, very strange. Uh, there's been some memes, some really great Wisconsin memes that were like, man, when the bartender said last call, I didn't think he meant for eight weeks. <laughs> uh, also very funny when they were, they were doing a shelter in place thing and they were showing all the essential businesses that would be open through this thing. And liquor stores was noted as one of the essential services. I was like, 
<laughs> oh, Wisconsin, you crazy. Um, but what, what now happens uh, is tomorrow we are going to shelter in place. And shelter in place means our friendly local game stores are closing. Um, which is unfortunate. They've been open. Um, I'm bored. One of the main retailers has been doing a thing where they had like a headcount of people that would come in at once. They were also offering in-home board game and miniatures delivery, which is awesome. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yep. You could call them, request a thing, pay for it, and they would drive it to your house. They did three or four delivery runs per day. Either way, super cool. Hmm. Um, and I don't think it's going to affect Noble Knight because Noble Knight's primarily an online business anyway. Uh, but Misty Mountain and Pegasus Games, uh, two of the other prominent friendly local game stores in the area, are also closing, which is scary, right? Because we don't know how these businesses are going to fare through this thing. Yeah. that's And that's that's kind of the thing all around, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because they, they, these stores operate on razor-thin margins no matter what. Like, you guys might think whatever about your friendly local game stores, but I promise you, they don't offer on, they don't, I mean, these, the people that run those stores aren't getting rich on it. They're, they're not, they're certainly not doing it for the money. That is, that's probably very true, especially if they're giving you any kind of discount, mm -hmm. you know, on the product, because you figure they're only getting to keep 40% of, of the list price anyway, and if then they're that. reducing it. Yeah. yeah. If that by the company, you know, not wizards products, certainly. And that's right. one of the main things they're pushing through, right, is magic cards and D&D &D books. So, yep. um, yeah, so it's a scary time. So if, you're, if your friendly local game stores are open and they are doing things like home delivery or like curbside pickup, please, right now is the time. If, you've never, if, you, if there was ever a time to patronize your stores and buy things other than sodas and paints while you're going in to play minis games, now is the time. Yep. See, we're, here we're not quite... Uh... As severe as you guys are up there, uh, I feel like the whole time we've been a little bit behind your curve uh, down here in North Carolina. Um, we're not we're not shelter in place yet. It's been it's it's coming. I'm pretty sure it's coming. Um, so you can still go and and go into any of the friendly local game stores here and, and do your shopping. Uh, but none of them have game spaces that are open. They haven't been open. Um, you know, so it's, it's very minimal what they're actually doing. Uh, several of them have limited hours as well. Um, so this way people aren't in as long. Um, so it's, it's like, like you up there, it's, it's definitely a time where if you can, uh, find some way to, to patronize them, uh, that would be awesome. Right. So that's, that's kind of what it comes down to. Uh, I'm in a I'm in a little bit of a more extreme situation than a lot of people around here, uh, just because of the uncertainty we have with school systems. Uh, so you know, in, we never know when that's going to get like, oh well, uh, you know, we're because because Aubrey's a, a preschool teacher for the public school, so you know that's not exactly uh, something you can do over the internet from home right that's that's a lot more challenging to do um i think they've they've worked out some things they can do but we're just worried that like if that falls through right like if for some reason the the county or the state's like meh we're not paying you to do the little bit you're doing so just you know you're done for the year um we're we're keeping ourselves extra safe so this way aubrey could do her summer job if needed 
um, which she would actually be working with somebody who's, uh, who would be a, a high risk uh, person. Um, so we're in a situation where we're just not going out at all uh, in any way, shape or form. So this way we don't have any contacts yeah, with anyone. Limiting your exposure. We're doing the same thing because, you know, we're, my wife and I both work uh, in we're we're not what's called essential personnel in the in the state that we have to be on campus because there are those people that need to you know facilities people and stuff like that but we are essential support because the university has gone to 100% online instruction and while we work in very different areas of the university we both work in IT support in some way or another uh, or in, in infrastructure support in both of our cases um, and. Uh, you know, that means that we need to stay healthy because the teachers are switching to 100% online instruction uh, and we need to be able to be there for them as they make this very, very difficult transition. Yep. Yep. And my, my kid, uh, we, we cleared out her dorm room already. So we, we did that. Uh, we figured this way we could be, we could be done with it since we had access. We went there, uh, last Thursday and grabbed everything we could except for, for one, like, three-tier cart that, uh, you know, had some food in it that we just didn't have the space for, but we figured we can go and uh, get it when we have to uh, turn in the key sometime. Um, and if not, then it's gone. But, you know, so we've already done that. So she started, she started the online classes today. Um, so that's all converted for her. My wife is actually right now downstairs uh, on a, on a, conference call for work figuring out how to teach preschool to to kids over the internet it's wild man. Um, it's yeah. it's insane like that's so so i normally i i work from home as it is um so that's that part of it hasn't really affected me because i still just get up and walk across the hallway and uh i'm at work um but it's it's very strange having the girls home and they're not just like on summer break or spring break or something along those lines. Like right, they're, they're working, working too. They're doing yeah. conference calls. Yeah. Um, so it's, so that, that part of it's bizarre, but, uh, you know, my thing at this point is, uh, after, after over a week of that, I'm, I'm glad I'm in a situation where I still enjoy the company of my spouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feel ya. Yep. Same thing yeah. here. So, I mean, so I, I, count my lucky stars on that one because I could see it very quickly becoming a, uh, not good circumstances. And I think there's going to be some happy divorce lawyers when this mess is over. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's a bummer. So, yeah, so that, that's kind of where we are. We're, we're not quite sheltering in place. Uh, although our, our governor did announce today that schools will be closed through May 15th. Uh, so that's, that's quite a ways out there. Yep. Um, so that and that and that's my thing is somebody I shared some article on Facebook about people with asthma and them being recommended to, you know, kind of shelter for twelve weeks and somebody was like that's such a long time that's bad information blah 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 and I'm and I'm thinking like in my head going, uh, twelve weeks is probably pretty reasonable, all things like considered. for everybody, yep. let alone for somebody with asthma, right. who's who's high risk as it is, right. Um, so I, I didn't. So I didn't even think the twelve weeks was was over the top or or too much or bad information. I thought it was actually probably spot on what everybody should be doing. Yep. 
Yep. So what the well, what the hell do I know? I'm not a doctor. I'm just some dude with a podcast. Exactly. And I, <laughs> I, I don't want to get up here and soapbox about what we should or shouldn't be doing. But we can talk about what we can do in the wargaming hobby. So uh, if you're not as, I mean, and let's be clear here, if you're not as fortunate as Paul and I to have a job that is ongoing and work from home, um, you know, there's the a lot of things that you can do to avoid despair in terms of your miniatures hobby, especially if like us, you have quite the backlog of miniatures. Uh, yeah. This, this is prime painting time. Yeah. Prime man. painting time. If there's anything I've seen in my Facebook groups, this, you know, cause I'm in like 120 or so Facebook groups and 80 of them or so are miniatures related. Uh, and if there's, and, and I'm not kidding either. Like I can screenshot the amount of groups that I'm in and, and any of the, uh, of all, all the groups, I can tell you there have been some amazing painting progress things, especially Italian guy like people right now. Oh man, I've seen oh, some. Man. I've seen some Italian painters just killing it this last <laughs> week on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but you know, for real though, I mean, if there was an army project you wanted to tackle, get after it. You know, mm-hmm. um, just do it. Stop playing Animal Crossing for ten minutes. Uh, which I also need to do uh, and paint some paint some minis. Uh, it's a really good time to do it. I've been doing, like I said, I painted twelve minis in the last, you know, eight nine days. So uh, plus the basing too for the Song of Ice and Fire stuff, which is you know not trivial. If you've ever done any real basing mm-hmm. for that game, it takes a long time to base those things properly. By the time you do the tray, yeah, the yeah. tray is more than just the bases. Right, the tray and then the thir- the 13 minis, right? Cuz generally it's 12 yeah. plus an attachment. So it's a, it's a lot of basing. Yep. Um, yep. So pick pick that project that you've been wanting to work on and do and, it and get it done. Do like it. like just jump on it, do it. That's yeah. why I've got my my Rodox here on my desk, primed and ready to go. Hell yeah! Um, I'm also working on Infinity right now. That's my next project. Yeah, that's going to be because I want to get the Rodox done. I'm gonna I'm gonna try my hand at a light gray for their armor. Nice. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm a little nervous because I don't think I'm gonna be good at it. No, I think I'll be fine. I'm gonna try. Like I literally have my Vallejo light gray that I'm gonna start with. And then I'll shade it down and, and highlight it and, and see what happens. I think it'll look cool. Um, and for the so, listeners so that don't know, Rodox are angry space monkeys. Yes, although the newer sculpts, I realize they don't they have the helmets, so you can't necessarily Tell see that, that they're, they're angry space monkeys. Arms. But they're they're angry yeah, space monkeys. But they're still angry space monkeys. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was doing that because I got a. Um, I know we we're talking about supporting your local game store, but in my email the other day, I found a. Uh, email from Amazon that was like, hey, you listen to three Audible books in their entirety between January 1 and March 1. Here's a $20 credit on Amazon. Nice. So I was like, well, shit, I'm going to take that. And it had to be something that Amazon stocked and shipped. So I ended up getting a uh, box of bolt action uh, Falschermjäger infantry box. So now I'll have 30 miniatures of them to build and paint and uh, be ready with a with a whole new German platoon to bring to Chain of Command. Sweet, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty that's pretty exciting. So and then the other project I'm working on right now too, besides the Rodok, because I'm trying to keep things small. That's the other thing. Like like this is a great time to paint. I'm gonna go play Animal Crossing, yes. right? So 
<laughs> so, for somebody without a switch, it's the same thing. Um, so what I'm doing is I have two two mini projects that I want to work on. I have this idea for the <laughs> for the for the Rodox, but like that's the challenge is that I have other incomplete Infinity minis, but I'm going with the this is what I'm feeling, so this is what I'm going to paint. Right. Yeah, so it's a callback to another episode. Right. So so I'm feeling like these Rodox wanting to try this gray out on them. So I'm going to do it and I'm feeling motivated to get my LMG teams done for uh, my WAF and SS. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about both of those projects. One of them, it's, it's the Rodox are four minis and the uh, LMG teams, it's, it's about six minis. So right there, yeah. that's 10 minis. Uh, th- by the next time we record next week, um, maybe they'll all be done. be done. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if they're all done. <laughs> um, it, it depends on how the gray goes. The, the Germans I have down pretty well, so I, I fully expect the six of them to be done. Um, but it's going to be depending on how I bounce back and forth between the two, again, depending on how I feel and what I, what I approach on it. Sure. Sure. My goal for the next week is to finish my Lorani for Star Breach, since I have my order dice on the way, probably at this point. Uh, and then also, um, or soon, I should say. And then also uh, work on my um, Infinity Wildfire box and complete it, since it looks like everything that I have in Wildfire is going to be Code 1 supported. Uh, and if I want to start out playing code one full strength right away, I want to get the O12 and Shazvasti half painted. Um, so I can run some people into infinity as soon as code one hits and we can, you know, show some of my maybe more skeptical Malifaux friends what infinity is all about. Man, after watching or listening to the Maya cast that had, uh, 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 oh my God, why can't I think of his name? Carlos? Yeah, 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 Bostria. I knew it was Carlos, but I, I, I couldn't think of the Bostria. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So after they had him on and he was talking about Code 1, I'm super excited about it. It does seem like a great way to just kind of, of jump in there. And maybe that leads us Dude, into, I, I, into talking about exciting things as opposed to yes, anxiety-inducing yes. bad right. things. So let's get on so and use Coldstrom start. Code 1. Yeah, let's start and start on Coldstrom. All right, so... The new Infinity product that was supposed to launch at Adepticon or soon after, uh, shipping in early April. April 27th April, is the official date. Yeah. All right. Is Infinity Operation Caldstrom. Uh, and my understanding is that Caldstrom doesn't come with the Code 1 book. It comes with a learn-to-play guide, just like the previous operations did. But the rules are based on Code 1. And as soon as the shipping has hit and they know for sure that all their distribution channels have the boxes, that's when they're going to put the Code 1 book, the PDF, out on the website for everybody to get. Um, and before we talk about the box contents, which... This is 14 of maybe the prettiest minis the Corvus Belly's ever done. Which oh, says boy, a they lot. Are, they are amazing. Um, before we even get into that, though, I want to talk about Code 1 just a little bit. There's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. And I don't want to you know, go on forever and make an episode out of it, which, you know, because we're going to save that to, do actu- to actually do it. 
Uh, what I'll say is that I had a lot of fears about Code One, and I waffled back and forth in like real time as they were showing things uh, <laughs> between I hate this and I love this, and I've settled on I love this. Uh, especially after that Maya cast episode with Carlos. If you haven't listened to it yet, I recommend going and listening to it. It's not the most recent. It's the second most recent episode now. Um, it's really good. Uh, they, they break down what they can about code one. And what I can tell you is that a lot, so a lot of people have talked about code one in a way that makes it seem like dumbed down or diet infinity. And it just doesn't seem that way. The page count that I've seen and heard on posts from multiple so in the in the corvus belly forums i've heard now carlos say it a hundred pages this is not a stripped down bullshit version of infinity it's taking the 400 pages of rules that are that exist between the standard book and human sphere and breaking them down into a hundred pages um now that's and a hundred pages is still a shitload of rules uh, and I don't think it's going to be dumbed down. I think it will be a more manageable chunk of infinity, but not necessarily a uh, abbreviated or bad version of the game. No, it's it, at least it, that's it my sounds take. like it's it's more like steps, right? Like steps yeah. to get you into yeah. it, and maybe some you know some profile changes that that make it a little easier to to handle and understand. Because the, the goal is to be able to bring in new players and and new stores to carry the product, right? So it's a it's it's yeah. it's a more limited skew. It only has four of the factions, at least coming out so in twenty twenty. Um, so it makes it real easy for stores to stock Code One, knowing that okay, if we want to start with Code One stuff, we can have some Code One stuff in. It's labeled Code One. We can have it, and the release schedule for the stuff sounds amazing. Because it's yeah. it's essentially what Fantasy Flight did with Legion, right? Because they, they introduced their mm -hmm. core box, and then as they released more models, they released new traits, new abilities. And so you, you had time to learn, um, you know, what Guardian did before a new release came out with new stuff. So that wasn't all in the rulebook. So they're doing the same thing. So initially, you'll kind of get more of your basic troops, and then... You might get your hackers in the next month, and then you might get, you know, I don't know, tags, you know, a, a month or two later. So, so you're learning it. So you can step into each step, buy the product for the faction that you want, and learn that next aspect of the game. It's brilliant. And again, brilliant. all those rules are in the Code One book too. Like the hundred page book is going to have all those rules included even before the miniatures launch. And and um, uh, going just just kind of uh, being excited about code one and and four, uh, the idea that it's taking away nested rules is amazing. Oh, huge! Uh, and and I'll bring up one example. So one of the examples that I want to bring up with nested rules is uh, to camouflage, right? Because to camouflage in a rule on its own uh, brings out. A marker state that's one rule mm -hmm. one rule all on its own right is marker state because you're a camo marker when you come in also if you have to camo it means that you have uh what is now in code one called mimetism minus six um which in in standard infinity basically just means when you take when someone takes a shot at you you're always at a minus six modifier but the cool thing about unnesting these rules now is that they can make a thing called camo 
So the rule camo is a thing, and that's the that's the rule that makes you a marker. And then also they have mimetism minus six separately. And then you can have so if you wanted someone that has TO camo, you give them camo and mimetism minus six instead of them coming together. And the reason that's cool is because now they can unlink those two rules and they can make things that are camo but have no mimetism. So they start as a marker, but as soon as they come out of the marker state, it's like their camouflage completely drops. Or they can make something that's camo minus three instead of minus six because maybe it's a more rudimentary version of active camouflage. Um, so and again, now that and they can play with all those rules, um, like and I think that's really cool that they can do all of them at once now, or, or like instead of having having no choice but to do all the rules in one rule, now they can unlink them all and make they have much more design space. Yep, and and it it also makes it so like. Not every TO cam guy that has, you know, camo as a marker state isn't going to be necessarily a pain in the ass when they're not in that state, right? Because they're exactly. not necessarily going to be minus six to hit regardless. Right. So right. there's maybe they're just hiding, right? right? Like, and as soon as they come out of like, quote unquote, hiding, they no longer have that, that uh, TO camo anymore. Yep. And, and that adds a whole new dynamic to the game that isn't in it right now, but feels so infinity. It does. I agree. I think it, it's going to do nothing but good things for in four in general. Yep. Yep. I think it's great. And I think, I think, you know, one of the things when listening to Maya cast was like, the, they brought up the, well, when you, the, the downside is that when you're talking about it, you can't just say, Oh, this model has TO camo and somebody who's been playing the game for years knows, Oh, okay. That means it's going to be a marker state. He's minus six to hit, you know, now you have to be like, well, he's well, camo. Well, he's mimetism six. But in but the long not, in the long run, for new bad, players, right? it's better because then you, I know yes. they're telling me what they have because I could hear to camo and and it might not register. But if somebody says he's camo and and mimetism six, I know that mimetism six and and because they're different, so they stand out more. So I I like it. Yeah, maybe when you're talking about it, it's not as easy. But gameplay wise, as a newer player, I think it's wonderful. I'm excited. Right, but. But before, right, if I was like, my this guy has, you know, has four deployment in ODD, right? A new player is like, the, the fucking what now? Right. And now, like, those things are, again, like, everything is, is more, uh, I guess, streamlined, for lack of a better well, word. Well, more obvious. I think um, it's less streamlined. I think obvious. it's less streamlined and more obvious because you're going to have things like forward deployment, but it's going to be like forward deployment plus two, forward deployment, deployment plus four. So you know, right in the name of it, it's it's how many yeah, inches it's four inches or two inches instead of well, he's for deployment level one or for deployment level four. Nobody, if you're new, you don't know what that is. Nine times out of ten, when I somebody has a rule in that game that I don't know, I'm like, don't even just just tell me when you use it because I won't remember it until I see it. You know, right. and whereas I feel like like having that stat uh, number as part of the name just makes it easier to absorb as a as a newer player. But yeah, I'm excited about it, obviously. I'm getting all excited. <laughs> I am also super excited. So I I, I doubt that uh, I will be going anywhere to play when Code 1 comes out, but um, initially we had set up a, a gaming day at one of our FLGSs for a April 11th but that was before we knew the exact release date for Code 1. 
Um, so now I'm going to see if I can get that pushed back and hopefully maybe uh, some of this COVID-19 stuff will be calming down and, and it could actually happen. Who knows? Um, so who we can help. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully by that point, uh, maybe that will, that will happen because then we can, we can time it with the release of it and make it an even bigger thing because the store is like, well, you know, if, if people want to come and play, uh, we're, we're interested in carrying it, especially if we have a nice new place to start. So it, it's like all the, all the, all the bits are coming together on that. So uh, what else is there uh, other than Infinity? Because we did a lot of Infinity talk last well, time. So well, let's let's say this though. What's your favorite mini from uh, from Cloudstrom so far? What's the mini? If that if you like, we're looking at that box. If you know offhand, if you don't offhand, if you don't offhand. Oh, I know offhand. Fine. All right, offhand. What's your favorite mini from the box? The Shaolin motherfucking monk. Oh, all right. So we should say for people who are looking when they listen to this episode. Uh, if you want the box and you want the monk for free, go pre-order it because yeah. the monk will not be free in the box after the pre-order period. So yeah, if you and, want that monk, and it's, a, it's listed as a con exclusive. So I don't even know if 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 after this Adepticon period, if you'll be able to get that because I know Corvus Belly tends to be like, oh, we made that, it's gone. See ya. Yep. So if you want that monk, you better best go pre-order that thing. It is a dope model. It is an amazing um, model. And, and, yeah, and as a suburban 90s kid, anytime you mention Shaolin monks, I get excited. Yeah, it's it's pretty tight uh, for sure. Um, I don't I don't think that I can possibly like tell you that it's not a cool mini. It's f- fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, my favorite mini, though, is the Dao Fei. Um, I love that miniature. Which, which one is so that? Good. The it's the uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is the dude with the it's the sorry mm, the eugene guy with the sword and the hmg yeah that was pretty cool and the pano guy with the sword and the cape was pretty cool too that would be well there's two sword and cape guys does he have a gun or no gun i don't remember i just remember the flowing cape and the sword and it looked pretty dramatic that sounds like the knight of justice yeah i think it's somebody somebody like that i liked him either way yeah because yeah, the Knight of Justice and the Infirmer of St. Lazarus both look like knight dudes with swords and flowing robes. Um, but the uh, the Knight of Justice is the one that looks more like a military orders unit. Yeah. And he's like in a swinging his sword pose with a big cape yes. bellowing behind him. Yes, it's it's the, it's the not doctor-y one. Because yeah, one of them's a doctor. One's, that one's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to fit on its base. Uh, but it's pretty awesome. They do a pretty good job of giving you some extra, extra, uh, you know, tactical rocks to overhang. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining it's going to have an overhanging tactical rock because that thing, that thing's stance is wide. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, there, I have a Shazvasti uh, around here somewhere uh, who has some tactical rocks because he's so wide stanced. Um, yeah. All right. So yeah. that's infinity. Yeah. Let's talk about some other uh, Adepticon coolness. Things that were going to come out at Adepticon and now can't. Yeah. Uh, and we can start with my, uh, the apple of my eye, my darling game at the moment, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yes. What are they doing? Um, so they were going to do a thing at the an event they were going to host multiple times at Adepticon called the Vibranium Heist. Uh, and all we knew at the time was like, hey, you're going to get a custom Killmonger card. Make sure you bring 25 threat worth of painted models. That was like the the thing they told us. Bring 25 threat worth of painted models. 
and look forward to there being some killmongery themed coolness. Right. Um, and now they are going, to, I think they were always going to release it as an organized play kit, but I think they have now shown what are the box that retailers can order is going to look like and told us what the contents of that box are going to be. Right. Um, and so we're going to get the all new Killmonger stat cards. We're going to get some, uh, alternate art for, uh, both of the two of the cards that come in the, the, the two different packs. One is usurp the throne and that comes from the the black panther and killmonger box um and the other if i'm not mistaken comes in the okoye box and with shuri uh and that one is i think recalibration is the other one so you'll get alternate art for both of those plus a very cool sideways stat card for alternate uh killmonger yeah, can we talk about the amazing artwork on that card and on the box? Oh, for, for sure, it's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing, um, and and be, because I I gotta do it, Kev. I gotta do it. Why the fuck isn't there a model of it? Because <laughs> it's I so know, amazing. It, and and it's yeah. and it's like not like a oh well, they should you put a model in this box? No, they have an amazing piece of artwork that would make an amazing model, and 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 it they. There's no model. Yeah. Like, like that model being in that box would be amazing. Amazing. I know. <sighs> As a TO, I would love to paint it up for the group and run the events and have the, the model there painted yes. for everybody to play with. The artwork yeah, is I amazing. I feel like, I feel like that's a mint. I mean, I mean, for the most part, they're doing a, they're doing a really good job, but Oh God, that would be amazing. And you know, maybe that's something that they intended to have there, like a studio version of the model, that you know somebody from Atomic Mass was going to be operating or whatever I, I don't know, um, you know, and so that's you know why it's on the car because it's like oh hey we got to you know play against this dude or or whatever, um, so maybe there's a maybe there's a component since Adepticon's not happening uh, that we're not seeing with that but oh a mini of that would be amazing yeah maybe and maybe they do it in the future yeah Who knows, yeah right? you're right and and you know again I'm not I'm not criticizing it's like oh that art just that art is so good give us that mini it's real good. yeah it's fantastic <coughs> it's worth a mini all right so moving on from from uh atomic mass yes. uh um, where do you want to go next let, let us go to i want to go to a couple other people that had con pre-releases or they have con specials that are going on right now that are good for you the first one is uh gct uh, which are is the GT, GCT Studios is the company that makes Bushido. Yes. Which we haven't given nearly enough love on the show. Uh, yeah, especially that's, given the amount. Uh, yeah. That's supposed to be your job, man. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, right now, if you go to them, they have a ten percent discount um, on their uh, on all their items for the for during a, the time when Adepticon would be on there with a the. Uh, it looks like the code is ADEPT10, and it's on their website. If you go to GCT's website, you can get that 10% discount code. And they're also going to have three show specials mm-hmm. that are pre-releases. So the first one is the Wolf Clan box, which is the debut of the brand new Wolf Clan, which is a brand new, yeah, brand new faction for... Uh, Bushido, and if you can tell by Paul's reaction, they are dope. Holy crap, they are amazing. Yeah, they are aside aside from the cult of Ure, the 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 most my aesthetic uh, army in Bushido right now. 
Oh my god! And the the so the starter box is amazing. Yes, right? the starter box is quite good. Yeah, the, the... Uh, you've got a couple awesome archers, a dude in a really dramatic like. If you think of that typical uh, samurai pose, like haunched yep. back, knees bent, sword edge up, gleaming in the moonlight, like it's perfect. Yep, yep. and a couple of wolves. Which is amazing. Yep. But then you scroll yep. down and there's a blister pack model mm-hmm. that is just absolutely amazing. So good. Tanaka, uh-huh. Tanaka Kazuo and Air. And yeah, it is amazing. Good. Just the kid being protected uh, by, by Tanaka is just, oh man, so much personality in that miniature. So much personality. Yes. Like, so much. I, I need that because that is amazing. But keep scrolling down, Paul, because if you haven't looked, boy, the next box down, which is the Yutta box. Um, oh, my God. Uh, another one of those starts. So this is a Cult of Uray box. And it, if I could do the honors, it's like uh, three of the models are maybe three of the coolest skeleton models I've ever seen. Yes. Um, they have like magical essence flowing through the skeletons. Yes. And it's amazing, like the um, one's got it coming out of his eye, the other one's got it coming out of his mouth. Mouth, yep. And then there are three uh, sort of priestesses that are con- basically controlling the spirits. Yes. Yep, the one's playing a yeah, musical instrument, I don't know what it is. Um, and then the other two are holding up masks, obviously, like dancing along or, you know, whatever, looking like maybe they're... Uh, uh, you know, using them as like a, a puppet kind of situation. Yep. That's um, but they are fantastic. rad. Rad. Yeah, those are uh, plus cool. you can get plus you can get all the other stuff for Bushido. So if you're looking for a time to get in into Bushido, uh, this is a pretty goddamn good time to do it. Uh, and again, new minis, new cool hotness to go and look at and spend some money on in these weird times. Yep. Yep. And so the, the next one, there aren't any new releases here, but I, again, I want to draw attention to it because it's a micro skirmish game like Bushido, and I'm into micro skirmish games. I like games that are on very small playing services, and that is Arena Rex. Yes, and you know what? If we lived in the same area, I have a feeling this game would see the table a lot for the two of us. A lot. Probably almost every other week, yep. maybe every week, it's, we it, start or finish Because you, you, you turned me on to this game years ago. Years ago, and uh, I've played it yep. a couple times. It is fantastic. Um, I mean, it is it is worth uh, playing. Can can we say that it has one of the best hit resolution mechanics in all of Minis games? Is that true? Yes, one hundred percent true. Yeah. So if you haven't read the rules for Arena Rex, that's a little taster for you. You heard it here from both of us. One of the best hit resolution mechanics in all of Minis gaming. And and a straight um, up fantastic beer and pretzel level game. Like it doesn't pretend to be super competitive or anything like that. Like even even no. even in your game setup, it's you know, and it's like set up your game. You know, set up your guys on the Listen, other side of the table. Try to try to make try to try to have them be like twenty four inches apart. <laughs> yeah, make sure there's some uh, instant death traps right. in the middle of the board. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and and also bring whatever five or how you know just agree with your opponent how many models you're each bringing. Yep. Just bring that many. Yep. And then it, you know it's, it's very much like uh, there's a lot of things that remind me uh, of this game in um, 
Marvel Crisis Protocol because there's sure. there's no real points values uh, or factions. But if you have a certain amount of models uh, in your in your gang or whatever you want to call it in your your gladiator team. Um, Ludo. Yeah, yep. you're, you're the official term, the Ludo. Um, you know, then you get like a, a, a faction bonus, but that's really it. So nobody really has points or anything like that. Yep, you just bring the models you want. Yep. Um, and it's tight, man. It's a good game. Uh, tight rule set, easy to play. You really only need three models to play each to play a satisfying game. That is true. Uh, and, and a three model on three model game can be done in 25 to 40 minutes. Yep. And and in the gameplay scenarios, there are multiple uh, um, gladiator-style games that you can play. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll be like, like oh, uh, you know, there's a big giant beast in the gladiator. The first time you control the beast and your gladiators fight it, and then we flip-flop. You know, then, then my gladiators will fight the beast. Yep. Or you can have it where you're fighting each other in the in the gladiator arena and there's just a random tiger or lion or hydra uh in yep. in there that Oh, you know what we didn't You know what we didn't mention about this game though, Paul? It's amazing. It has the most drop dead gorgeous minis. Yeah. Like they are some of the best resin minis ever produced. Yes, absolutely one hundred percent true. Um, uh, almost all of them are, and anat- well, they're not all anatomically correct, but a lot of them have anatomically correct musculature mm-hmm. and are just like, if you ever wanted to get good at painting skin tones, oh yeah, whoo, you will learn how to perfect your craft on these models. Cause there is a lot of skin. Um, and, and they are very, very good models, especially the mounted guys. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a dude called, uh, like, Ladon, Ladon, I don't know. But he's riding, like, a giant monitor lizard. Mm-hmm. And the monitor looks like it could just leap off of the base as a real lizard. It is that good. Yep. And, um, and, and when you... So, again, if you're into really pretty minis or if you're into small skirmish games or if you're into both, oh, no. man, this is a At good game you... to go look at. I think that's all I had to say. All right, moving on from Arena Rex. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, you know, a, a thing that, you know, I've been looking at and you know, kind of modeling for, not necessarily intending on playing, but curious about is uh, Kings of War. Ooh, I picked wrong. All right, let me go to that link because uh, I was, I, w- I thought we were going to go somewhere else or guessed we were going to oh. go somewhere else. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah. So uh, the thing for Kings of War that's hot right now uh, if you haven't seen them, is the new release for the Abyssal Dwarves just came out. Yeah, they are pretty fucking cool. <laughs> they, so, and and this is, dear listener, uh, an important thing for you to hear, to hear Paul say these are pretty cool. Because the amount of times that I have heard the word dwarf and new end in meh coming out <laughs> of Paul's mouth is a lot. Yeah, that's true. A lot. It's true. Uh, so for these dwarves to have him like, well, these are pretty cool, I think says a lot about the quality of these dwarves. Yeah, man. They're really um, freaking cool. And, the, and they, they, I think what they are, what they are is they are a natural extension of the GW Chaos Dwarf line. Yes. So they went where, you know, what are, what, what are Chaos Dwarves? What did people like about Chaos Dwarves? And then they turn that shit right up to eleven. Yep. Um, 
So if you ever loved Chaos Dwarves, this new Abyssal Dwarves army list is looking pretty proper. Man, that Hellfane, uh, like that. Oh yeah, dude. If you're out there and you don't know, like, go look up the King of War Abyssal Dwarf Hellfane. It is amazing. Yeah, it's a very, very cool miniature. I don't know how I would describe it other than it's like a it's a it's a lava creature with a palanquin on top of it and a dwarf warlord with a giant warhammer leading it forward. Yeah, if you're if you're a World of Warcraft player back in the day, it's it's basically a core hound. Yes, it's like a core hound armored you know, like armored on the top with uh, again with a palanquin carrying uh, the overmaster yeah. on the top of it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. It's yeah. There's a there's a it's, lot to love about that model. It's badass. Uh, and again, Kings of War, man. If you've ever been into rank and flank games, or if you're like me and you're rank and flank curious, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kings of War is a uh, hell of a system. Uh, now that I've read, I've read the third edition rules uh, front to back. Uh, and I've thought about playing the game more. I, I don't know that I'll ever get a chance to play it because I don't think I, I don't think I can get any of my friends in this area to commit to building a Kings of War army. There's just no fucking way. Um, but I'm gonna build an army anyway uh, because a the rules are they're rules agnostic or minis agnostic. They say right in the book that you you can use whatever the hell you have laying around. I mean, for fuck's sake, this game was supposed to be for people who were like spurned by. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy collapsing, right? It was a replacement for those people who had all those models. And then also a way for Mantic to get their minis lines off the ground. Uh, and it has become, honestly, one of the most well-respected rank-and-flank games in the in the business. Um, and I think for good reason. Having read the rules and watched a lot of bat reps, it is just a fun, like, very good, very tactical, very chess-like rank-and-flank game. Uh, which I would be excited to play, even if I don't get a chance to, uh, and even more excited to model for because you can do the phenomenon which I've talked about before a little bit in like bonus sections of the the, the show, uh, which is multi basing, uh, which means that you don't have to put your guys on individual bases. You can get a base that is the size of what a rank would be, and then you can make a scenic base for all of the miniatures. Mm -hmm. It's like a little diorama. And that's amazing, and and also you know as I'm looking at some of these, uh, they're they're priced pretty well. Um, and and so if you don't know, uh, and, and I suspect, suspect Paul doesn't know, uh, Mantics, um, their uh, business mantra is affordable wargaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's always been their promise, uh, and I think even through this third edition of Kings of War, they are staying true to it. Yep. I mean, I'm looking at the new um, Kings of War 3rd Edition Abyssal Dwarf Black Souls Regiment. I mean, it looks like it's uh, hard to tell, but it, it, either 10 guys or 15 guys, um, 30 bucks. Yep. And, and either but, price and we'll is good. About it just, <laughs> right. The, pri the prices are good. So the Abyssal Dwarf Mega Army, which is... You know, I, I, it's hard for me to tell just looking at it, but give or take a thousand to twelve, twelve hundred fifty points out of a two thousand point army. If I'm looking at it, is one hundred nineteen dollars uh, at miniature market. So one hundred nineteen, you're like, ooh, Kevin, that sounds like as much as a start collecting box or a little more. But I'm going to stop you because a start collecting box has between twelve and twenty three minis in it. 
Uh, and this box has a lot more than that. 65, 6, 7, 69 miniatures. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right there that I can see the 68, I, 68. I can miniatures. see the unit of three uh, abyssal grotesque regiments, and that right yes. there is a $36 unit on miniature market. Right. So, so there's a there's a lot of cool shit in there. And those models are big. So when you're talking about a $36 uh, it they're all on 45 millimeter square bases. Yes. They're big, big boys. Yes, these are this is a big this is a big unit. This is not like little guys. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. That's kind of exciting. That's something to be very excited about. And Kings yeah, of War is catching on here a bit. I'm not involved in oh, it at all, but it's kept like I'm so happy to if hear. If you if you were here, um, like uh, Brit, Brit, and some of his buddies are are getting it going, and they've been they've been enjoying the crap out of it. Yeah, and expect that there will be a Kings of War episode, even if I don't get a chance to play it, because I have read the rules. I can talk about it, and it, I can talk about the rules even without playing the game in a fairly authoritative way, as I understand the way the game works, and also the way the scenarios work, which is amazing, and it's just a really good game. So if you have never looked, now is a really good time to go look. Uh, and there are, like there there are at least a dozen miniatures ranges that Mantic makes for this game. So if the Abyssal Dwarves aren't your thing, there are the two other new armies for third edition, um, which are the 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 Northern Alliance, which is like a mixture of races. So it's like trolls and yetis and Norsemen uh, and giants and just a bunch of cold dwelling badasses coming down from the north to wreak havoc and then there is the night i think it's the night stalkers is the other one and they're like the the if you think malifaux Neverborn, you're not far off yeah i'm looking at them now actually they're pretty cool uh, and again cheap uh relative cheap uh armies uh easy uh, good kits good easy to get into and that multi-basing thing is a big factor so kings oh, of war something to my. look at something to be excited about Night Stalker Shadow what did you Hulk. Just see? Night Stalker Shadow Hulk. Holy crap. So do you wanna know do you wanna do you do you know how big that model is? It's gigantic. It's it uh, it's no joke ten inches tall. Okay, so to to give you an idea of that, it's it's fifty euros. Right. <laughs> That's not bad. No, for a massive centerpiece Holy model. Shit. I mean, if you go and look at one of those things, it is huge. Yeah, yeah, and that fifty euros is there, you know, on the Mantic site because I was just looking at that. Wow. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a, and also, <gasps> I mean, yeah. Oh, well, what'd you see now? Geez. What'd you see now, Paul? <laughs> I I clicked on the uh, the Northern Alliance, um, Frost Giant. Holy shit. Also, 10-inch model. Yeah. Big motherfucker. So so that that it's uh, 60 bucks. Like it, 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 yep. American money. 60 bucks, not, not euros. It's, it's American <laughs> Six, money. $60 in freedom bucks. <laughs> yes. I, I was trying not to say it that way. <laughs> 60 freedom bucks That's right. for a frost Holy giant shit. right now. 75 are, to 75 millimeter base. Yeah. yeah. 18 and it's centimeters funny because tall. When you look at the, I don't know what the conversion on that yeah. is. It's 2.5, right? So I was just off. Um, Damn. It's not quite 10 inches tall, but Damn. still very, very, very big. Wow. Well, I found my faction if I ever play that game. 
Holy crap. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Northern Alliance is awesome. The Ice Blade? Yeah, that's right up my alley. Woo! Yeah, and you sh- you should look at the Mega Army too for for them because it is it is a sweet kit. Wow! Oh, a, a wolf unit, dude. It's it's ice just, everything about the Northern Alliance is cool. Yeah, ice monster. There's like Yetis. There's like a dude on a Tauntaun, basically. That's um, the, the old, like there's like their it's cavalry Frost unit. Fang, it looks like but it bears. looks like a, a, a rabid Tauntaun. Yeah, man. Like yeah, exactly. It's a yeah. cross between a Tauntaun and a bear. Gopher. Yeah, it's badass. Wow, yeah. All right, so I'm getting distracted here by my own excitement. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Good time to look at Kings of War. Um, what the hell is and that? And also, if you need... If... <laughs> <laughs> what did you see now? Oh, my God, the Lord on a Chimera? Holy shit. Oh, yeah, dude. That's the... So the Lord on the Chimera, for people who know Kings of War are laughing right now because it, it is the signature... It's like the face of 3rd edition Kings Jeez. of War. That is the... That is the like marquee miniature for Mantic right now. I think that's probably the miniature they're most proud of at the moment. I would be too. Um, and it's badass. Um, oh my God. But yeah, so King, Kings of War. Uh, and also, if you buy a Kings of War army, uh, for example, the Shadows in the North starter set for $84. I was looking at that, that right is, now. <laughs> that is a set that will take you right through this, uh, <laughs> this little pandemic we're in for painting. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, I hate you. Uh, normally, that's Chris's job to say that, but wow, there's some cool. Oh my God, that is amazing. Uh, that is amazing. These All these right. guys are amazing. So I might be converting Paul back to square bases. And it took me a long time. It took me a long time to get back uh, excited about square bases, but Kings of War has me pretty stoked. Wow. We still have one, one, one game to, to talk about, Paul. That we talked, we talked, we said we were going to talk about. So shall we move on? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to stop looking at these, but okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to it. Um, but let's for a second talk about mythos. Yeah, man. Mythos. Yeah. Um. All right. So mythos, a game previously owned by Paranoid Miniatures. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember when this thing was in Kickstarter, and I was keeping my eye on it in Kickstarter, and it uh, downloaded I the think, rules. Yeah, I think think that's right. Uh, purchased by by War Cradle. Yep. Um, Saving all the War bad Cradle games gave and it the making war... them better. Yep. So, well, I mean, not all the bad games. The games that they've saved have historically been good that's games, true. but maybe not quite as polished as they needed to be. That's right. Or or poorly run. Yep. And, uh, and and trying to bring those games to a larger audience through almost sheer force of will. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> anyway, um, they're releasing Mythos, which, as you might guess, is a, uh, you know, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft Cthulhu-themed uh, 35-millimeter game. Um, so, same scale as Wild West Exodus. Um, same build quality and same resin quality. If you've ever worked with War Cradle's resin, you know what I'm talking about. They might be the best in the business at resin at mass producing resin miniatures. They are so good. Uh and they've got their uh stuff up for pre-order now that was supposed to release at Adepticon. Uh you can get their myth the the rules and gubbins box which comes with tokens, a blast template, rules and some dice. 
Um, which, you know, Paul, let's talk about this for a second, because I think War Cradle has the absolute best release model for their games in terms of how to get a new player into the game. Oh, absolutely. Like I all, agree. All these, all, and I, I want to sit and talk about it for a second, because most companies, they're like, here's our two-player starter set. It has two factions, both of which you might not give a shit about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you want all our official stuff, you have to buy it. Um, and, and War Cradle has kind of taken a different approach. And the approach that War Cradle takes is that they release a box that has all of the things you need to play a game and then the starter kit. So when you're getting into the game, you buy a, as a quote unquote starter kit, the faction you want mm -hmm. and the rules and gubbins and you're good. Yep. It's your customized starter kit, yep. if you will. Yep. It's the starter kit for your faction, but you're not missing out on anything. Exactly. Yep. So just think of getting into Mythos is about 55 euro or yeah, 55 euro. Um, Cause that's the cost of the faction plus the rules and gubbins. Uh, so about $60, right? 60, yep. $65. Yep. Um, now the two factions they have up right now are the hidden ones and the priory. Um, the hidden ones are a more uh, tentacly gang. <laughs> yeah. Giant crab thing. Yeah, giant crab monster, uh, giant enemy crab, if you will. <laughs> also, some some uh, strange looking dudes. A guy with a beard and like a tentacle beard, or like a it's not a tentacle beard. It's more like an octopus hanging off his back. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, like it's like if he was uh, being controlled by an octopus. Yeah, instead of Voldemort on the back of his head, it's an octopus. Yep, and then uh, again, it's like as, reaching as into noted, his jacket and coming out of the sleeve. Like, exactly. it's amazing. And a, yeah, and a giant crab. And then a couple, like, plague-ridden people <laughs> and um, and some cool monsters. Yep. The crab is, is um, amazing. Yeah, the crab is quite good. And, and I want to note that I think uh, all but one of these are the original sculpts just brought up to 35 mil. Right. Um. Uh, and then they also have the Priory, which is the other faction, which is like the Goody Two Shoes faction. So they've released basically a good guy faction and a bad guy faction to start with. Yep. Yep. A little, uh, yep, little more human-y. Yep, a little more human One dude that's clearly a like stone giant kind of guy. Yep. Um, a bunch of humans and then an awesome cat. Maybe one of the coolest cat miniatures ever. Um, looks, if I do say so myself. Uh, looks a little bit like, uh, what's his name from uh, uh, Thundercats? Snarf? Yeah, a little, a little, a little snarfy, maybe that, not, but but less hu less 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 human and and humanoid and more actual cat like than yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, like if yes. Snarf was That's actually same, same like kind an of ocelot sized cat, a cat. Yeah, exactly. And it All uses right. the Wild so West Exodus those are the two plinth boxes. Bases. It does use the Wild West Exodus plinth like bases. Which is fantastic. So also, very very good. Yep, I agree. Um, the rules are solid. I've read them; they're good. I will have a definitive take once I've actually gone through the production rule book. M maybe after I've played a game, I don't know that I'm fully committed to buying a starter set for this game yet. I'm just curious enough to do it. Um, I will say off my initial reading, I wish the scenarios were a little deeper than they are, um, but that's not going to stop me from being excited about it. And I think everyone, especially if you're into Cthulhu stuff and you wanted, you've always wanted a Cthulhu minis game, this might be your ticket in. Yep. Yep. I think you were right on that. 
There is no reason to, uh, to not enjoy this if that's your jam. Exactly. But what I really want to talk about, Paul, more than Mythos as a game, and the the product of these four pre-orders that I do believe I will be pre-ordering uh, later today or tomorrow, is the uh, Dunsmith dock set. Oh, yeah. I was looking at that. So the Dunsmith dock set is 100 euros, not cheap, or 100 pounds, uh, not cheap, but it is pre-colored MDF. Uh, you get three houses, a dock, an absolute shitload of scatter. Yep. Plus, or I should, it says it's like three shed type houses, two bigger houses, two like or three bigger tower. houses, a clock tower, two shacks, two cars, and I mean an absolute pile of scatter. But terrain. but like, and they're cool cars, right? Like they're they're totally like. Early 1900s, oh, yeah. early Model 1900s type cars. cars. Yeah, for sure, because this is a that's the, the era this game takes place in. Right, and but you ne- you never um, see it, and that's why that's why this is such a great thing that War Cradle is yeah, done it, is making that train because it doesn't necessarily exist. And I will say that having looked at this, and they don't say it for whatever reason, they don't say it. They don't say it at all in the description, and I, I I just cannot understand why they wouldn't. But what I will tell you is that this set is exactly enough terrain to fill out a three by three board. Yep. Um, and I mean, like I I minus the cars, I'm going to use this to play Malifaux. I was going to say it's it's perfect for for Malifaux, and and in theory, you probably could use the cars too. Uh, I mean, maybe off by, yeah. off by a few years, but not enough to be too picky. Right? Sure. Like not, yeah. I guess if you're not ultra picky, treated yeah. as like a prototype. Yep. But even without the cars, it is enough terrain to fill out a three by three with the amount of scatter yep. and all the shit that's in here. You can kit out a Malifaux board with this terrain. No question. Yep. I think, I think it's a wonderful set. And their Wild West Exodus terrain has been wonderful, so I yep. can't. And this see is this pre-colored. Being, yeah. It's pre-colored, Paul. Yeah, not just primed, but like right. full on pre-colored. Done. So if you go look at this picture, this is again the Dunsmith dock set from Wayland Games or War Cradle Studios. Um, and it is a phenomenal set. Yep. Like I, I just I couldn't be more excited about it to be honest. It, it's the most excited I've been about. I mean, anytime like that. I can fill out a, a board for between $120, 100 and 120. That's like my sweet spot. Like when I see, I'm like, yeah, miniatures table for a hundred bucks. Let's do it. And if I don't have to do anything but put it together, that's like icing on the cake. Yep. yep. That's like me and why I ended up going Tinker Tur for infinity. Yeah. I would say if you were to see this in like foreground terrain, like if I was thinking about this in terms of foreground, we're talking about $220 oh, easily. at least. Yep. Yep. So again, War Cradle Studios, Dunsmith Dock Set. And I'm super excited, much more so than I am about Mythos, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, yep. if I, but I will say that for me, buying that Dock Set and putting it together, I might go, mm, you know what? I'm going to buy those Mythos things and put them together just to play Mythos on this table. Yep. And, and just for, for reference, as of our recording on March 23rd, it is listed as three days, 22 hours, 56 minutes until release. Until it ships. Yep. 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 So it's coming soon. Coming soon. Yeah, because what? This something, next, something. This, this coming weekend would have been Adepticon? 
Is that That's right? That's right. Yeah. Wow. That is right. Wow. Yeah. I gotta I gotta get ready for that Mats by Mars no <laughs> shipping deal. Yeah, man. If I had walked in on Wednesday of Adepticon or Thursday, whatever the first day of the short the show floor was open, and seen that terrain kit, I would have been like, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It would have been over. Yep. I would have just bought it on the spot. Yep. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. I really and like I would it. have marched right over to FLG or somewhere that had neoprene mats and bought a pretty neoprene mat that matched the terrain. Like, almost guarantee that would have been my first purchase at Adepticon, um, which is why I know I'm going to buy it today or tomorrow. Um, because there's no question I would have bought it at the show. Right. So if I would have bought it at the show, I'm going to continue to support them and I'm going to buy it yep. now online. Yep. Oh wow. There's a, like the 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 massive list of things. Woo. Wow. Cool. All right, so that's there's a lot to be excited about, even in these crazy times that we're living through. Um, yes, I think I think we've managed to 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 show that just with our our excitement here uh, between the the three you know the the three or four games that we've talked about, none of none of which are really huge huge games. Um, yeah, probably a t- a Crisis Protocol being the biggest one. Um, well, I don't know. Infinity and, and well, Kings of War. Gosh, I forgot we talked about that like three hours ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, that's 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 pretty impressive. There's a lot coming out. There's a lot to be excited about. I'm excited. You're excited. Yeah, and that's that was the whole the whole point I wanted to make is like be excited. I know it's going to be hard times for a lot of us. Like, there's no way around it. Uh, but a lot of us have a big pile of shame for minis, so that's worth sit it. back, w- weather the storm as much as you can, and get some paint on those minis. Amen to that. So that's that's a good thing. And then uh, if you if you can, uh, keep supporting those local game stores. Keep them open. Um, you know, they need us now. Yeah, they need us now, and we want them when this thing is that's over. That's right. That's right. We want to have some place to go play. Um and I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when we can do that. But uh, as far as we go, um, well, I'm sure uh, Potter is excited about all this stuff, too. <laughs> um, yep. Who, who obviously couldn't be here with us. Um, but, yeah, so um, a big thanks to all of our patrons for, for supporting us and, and helping us do this. Um, uh, thanks to Static is the City for the music and uh, thanks to everybody else that listens um, because we we do appreciate it and right now it's giving us something to do each week uh, you know to to see each other and and get to hang out with friends so it's it's pretty cool so we're glad that we can do it at this point so um, thanks thanks for listening oh and check out our awesome discord it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even mention that. Check out the Discord. Bye! Oh, no. Did I lose it? Oh, damn it.
I guess I should have put games at the end of that. When you Google just atomic mass, it brings up science. It's not what I wanted. <laughs> and there's your stinger. Yeah, there you go. Not that science is bad. It's not like it brought up like I know it was you know elephant penises or no. something. <laughs> Definitely not elephant penises. <laughs> well, they are strange looking. <laughs> um, I I am gonna be one hundred percent honest here. I don't know. Oh, they're they're weird looking, dude. Ah, uh, to the internet. Big though. 